Thank you, Connie. We wanted to zero in today on starting fast and staying consistent. Um, many of you listened to Pete Beckman yesterday on being consistent. And, um, and for you, if consistent is one application a week, great. Just do your one application a week. If it's five or ten applications, figure out a schedule or routine that will allow you to do that and what the necessary steps are to be successful with that. You know, that's why Equus has developed a system for people to plug into. It gives everybody a track to run on and a roadmap to success. There's no secrets here. We have a system that works. And um, as I was going through uh, the slide edge, a bunch of things jumped out at me uh, in regard to this topic. You know, uh, simple productive actions repeated consistently over time are the actions of successful people. And doing what is right over and over and over, um, that's, what, that's what the slight edge is. Do what's right over and over and over. You know, uh, the saving of a doubling penny is a perfect example of this principle. You know, one of the uh, examples that I like to look at is, you know, what are productive actions that we can do on a daily basis that will make a difference? And one that I've heard since I got in the industry, um, I shouldn't say shortly after I got in the industry, it was read 10 pages a day. I remember uh, Zig Ziglar, that was one of the big things he promoted heavily years ago was reading 10 pages a day. Uh, some of the books Connie's already mentioned, our favorite first one for brand new agents is Frank Betcher's book, How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success in Selling. And I've actually had, Connie, some people offended with that, thinking I was looking at them as a failure rather than this is a roadmap to success to beat failure. No, we don't look at anybody as a failure when they come here. We're just trying to put them in a position to win. Uh, the slight edge with Jeff Olson, the slight edge is doing those little things that make a difference over and over and over. That's what the slight edge is. You know, if, if making five more phone calls a day, doing whatever it is, if that's your slight edge, do it because it will pay off over time. You know, one of the biggest things we find is those things that we do over and over and over again, they, that activity builds skill. So you get to the point that you, your skill set is such you don't have to work as much, so then you just find another thing that you can work on that will give you a slight edge. And a third book that I think a lot of is Everyone Communicates Few Connect by John Maxwell. Um, that's not your first or second book, but boy, that's a strong third because those books will make a difference. And listen, look and read some of the testimonies in the slide edge. Guys, when you realize how people were so broken, so, I mean, just destroyed from one guy I read about, his partner stole $2 million from his company and bankrupted him, and he lost everything. And he was despondent for five years, read the slide edge and they wait a minute, I did this once, I can do it again. I call it the eat an elephant one bite at a time. And that's basically what the slide edge is. You know, when you're down and out, just remember eating that elephant one bite at a time and just doing some of those things will make a difference. Um, without the slide edge, you can start off with a million dollars and lose it. 
uh, because of lack of wisdom. But with the slight edge, you can start off with a penny and end up with a million dollars. And I thought, boy, what a powerful phrase that is because that de describes where a lot of us are or have been and would like to be. Um, for those of you reading the book, read about the shine lady, pages 47 and 48. Now, that story doesn't end particularly well. It just points out that somebody is in a situation, didn't even know about the slight edge. And when you read it and read her story, it's only two pages long, you'll realize how it could change everything. Um, when you look at people that have reached the age of 65, you know, the national statistics will tell us about 5% of those people are people you or I would consider successful. They've had a good life. They've had a good marriage. They've had uh, a good income. They've saved enough for retirement. They're, they're, they're good. They've got things in pretty well in control. But that's the good news. But what about the 95% that don't fall into that category? You know, all those things we just described that it takes for us to look at being successful, not so much. You know, what was the difference in the 5% of people that are where they wanted to be and the 95% that are not? Well, the 5% understood the principles of doing just a little bit more consistently over time. That's what we're talking about here today, doing a little bit more over time to make the difference. You've heard me mention or reference Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Michael Jordan. Uh, for those of you that aren't basketball fans, those are guys that were slightly above average and ordinary in their skill set, but they came, became superstars through doing those things extra. Larry Bird went to uh, Indiana University and quit was driving a garbage truck. And uh, the coach from Indiana State found out that he had dropped out of IU, went down, got him. He says, well, you know, you're not driving a garbage truck. You're playing basketball for me. And Larry Bird, after practice, would go in and shoot. He, he shot like 90% and made his foul shots. He did that because he went in and practiced shooting after practice was over. Magic Johnson. Same thing, Michael Jordan. And there's a host of others, but those are ones that went from average and ordinary players to superstars. You know, practicing after practice was over, that made all the difference for those guys. And you know what? It only takes a little extra consistently over and over for time, a large percentage of time to become that 5%. And that's what we're trying to help everybody see today is how do I move from average and ordinary into that superstar status? You know, now, rule number one, according to Jeff Olson, is um, the 5%, those people, the things they do are easy to do. You know, Larry Bird shooting basketball, uh, somebody dialing, making appointments. Jim Rohn, I think he sums it up as well as I know how to put it. He said, the simple things that lead to success are easy to do, <laughs> but they're also easy not to do. And, you know, the slight edge will work against you or it'll work for you. If the things are easy to do, you do, it's working for you. But if the things that are easy to do that you're not doing – now the slight edge is working against you because you're not doing as well. I'll never forget, 
you know, understanding the principle. And I didn't know this when I was in school, but I always wondered why some kids, when we went back at the end of the summer, from the summer vacation, they kind of took up where we left off or they were ahead. And I realized later in life that the parents of those children had them reading and doing things during the summer that kept them at the same level they were at the end of the second or the third or the fifth or the eighth grade. People like me, we weren't taught that. Summer was here and, buddy, we unplugged, we didn't do anything. Uh, That's one of the things I wish my parents would have understood because that would have made a big difference in my life. So these are things that can make a difference in your life too. You know, getting up 30 minutes early to read 10 pages, that's easy to do. You know, uh, getting up 30 minutes early and not reading 10 pages, you know, it's easy not to get up is what it amounts to. It's easy to get up and exercise, get up early and exercise, but it's also easy not to do. Over time, what's the difference? Well, Take a book reading, for example. Reading 10 pages a day, that's going to equal about one book a month. Over the course of a year, that's 12 books in a year. Over five years, that's 60 books. That's, guys, that's almost equal to a college degree. And in many cases, it's better than a college degree because you're reading books with real knowledge that you care about, things you want to learn. Uh, We sat over here last night talking to my youngest son, and he was laying out some of his business ideas. It's amazing to me. But I remember one year, a few years back, I was late for an appointment with him for a few minutes, and I walked in, and he had picked up a book and was reading. It was just before Christmas, and he was reading. It was a real short one, and he read it in the 20 or 25 minutes that I was late getting there, and he kind of chuckled. He said, yeah, that's my 43rd book for the year. And uh, we have several kids that have a, a master's degree, and at that time, he, he hadn't even gone to college yet. And uh, at that time, if you had had all the kids stand up and talk, you would have swore he was the one that had the MBA. Uh, not that the others weren't sharp, but, I mean, he just – he was studying things he cared about. You know, the second rule that Olson talks about are the results are invisible. This is why people don't do it, you know. If you reduce your calorie intake by, say, 200 calories a day, at the end of a week, you can't tell anything. You know, so what? So because the results are invisible, it becomes very easy not to do those things. It's the same way in our business. You know, when you first start on the phone and you're terrible, you know, making an extra 100 dials a week, you're not going to get that much better in a week. But ask Dave Crocker, listen to podcast number uh, 84, you know, on the Sylvester Team podcast because David Crocker kept doing it over and over and over time. David now will make sometimes as much in a day as he made the first month he was with us. And it's easier because of doing it over and over. Take another example. Take $2 a day and put it into a savings vehicle instead of an expensive coffee. This was one of the things that Olson was talking about. At the end of the week, you've got a whopping $14, invisible. Who cares? What's $14 going to do? But at the end of the year, cutting out those coffees, that's $730 at the end of the year. Now, apply that $730 to your mortgage. That could save you as much as five years of mortgage payments. 
if your mortgage payment is a thousand a month, saving that coffin money, if it saves you five years in payments at sixty thousand dollars, well, that sixty thousand dollars put into your retirement, your house is paid off early. Those are all little things that over time make a big difference. Uh, rule number three: that two dollars a day seems insignificant. You know, whatever you're doing, the extra 200 calories, the walking, it seems insignificant at the time. And that's why people don't do the small things, because they seem insignificant. Now, the other thing that is important here is all these things seem very insignificant. They almost see mundane. And he talks in the book about doing the mundane, th mundane things because they make the difference and they show up big time over time. You know, in our business, what are some of the mundane things we do? I, th I think the biggest mundane thing in our business that we face is, well, we have to have leads or resources to start. So that might seem insignificant at first because you may buy a bunch of leads and you don't make appointments because you're buying older leads because you're developing your skill set. So it seems that it doesn't really make a difference having those B leads. The mundane part of this is dialing them. You know, it's like shooting free throws after practice. Man, dialing leads, it's so hard. We've had a few agents recently had an 800-pound grill on their phone, and they couldn't get it off. They could not pick that phone up because it's so mundane. You know, um, I've had people tell me before, well, yeah, I got 28 leads. I made $20. I'm done. What? You made 20 dials on 20 A leads? No, that's not the answer. We, what we do is we double, we triple dial. We dial every number on the lead. You know, those 20 leads just going through it the first time should account for at least an hour of dialing time. So the first guy, he was done, huh? You know, you can dial 20 leads in, in 45 minutes. We're going to double and triple dial, and we're going to spend an hour doing it. Well, you got last week's leads, so why not pick it up and double and triple dial those? There's another hour, so now we're up to two hours of dial time. Uh, you still don't have enough appointments. Well, what about some of your older leads, you know, that are two, three, four, five months old? Start dialing those, get that three hours of dial time in. What is that? A very mundane thing to do, but it will make difference over, over time. Now, I'm going to give you an actual example of when I was working. Uh, when I was in the field, uh, I could only get about 10 A leads a week uh, in my three counties. And, and I would get 10 A leads a week most of the time, but not all the time. There, were, there was one summer, I remember, I never got less than 29 leads, and I never got more than 31 for the month. So what I would have to do is, well, the next thing I did is I added two more counties. That made a difference. That would get me up to my 10 or sometimes 12 um, some weeks, but I needed 10 appointments a week to accomplish what I started for. So when I would get my new leads on average at that time on my 10 A leads, I would set six appointments out of those. I need 10. Well, I had last week's leads. So when I finished my brand new ones, I called last week's leads, and usually I would get another two out of that. Still needed 10, 10 appointments, so I would go back through the leads that I had for the last 90 days, and I had them in a rotation. So this week I would go through the top of the stack until I would set another appointment, 
and I always had at least one appointment rescheduled from the previous week. So I'd get my 10, 10 appointments. Um, now that list of 90-day-old leads, those leads that I called this week, they went to the bottom of the pile. So next week, I would dial down through that till I got my 10 appointments for the week. Now, I did that for a couple of reasons. One, it gave me more people to call to get the extra appointments I need. But the other thing that it did, it allowed those leads that had been called several times to season slightly. I would get through that 90-day stack about once every 30 days. So it gave them 30 days. Why was that important? Because people's situations change every 90 days. You know, they may have a family member diagnosed with a disease. They may have lost a family member. Uh, who knows? Somebody might have died in a car wreck. Their situa they may have gotten a raise on their job. Uh, they may have lost their work insurance. Who knows? But something changed in their life during that 90-day period of time, so I had another shot at them. And uh, I w had a system where I would take some up. But those are all things that were very mundane that made the difference in being uh, successful. Now, when I would set those 10 appointments every week, on average, I would set on eight of those. I was expecting two of them to reschedule change. I was expecting a 20% not to show up. I was okay with that because that was the number. If it grew to 30%, I'm thinking, I'm a little bit concerned, but, you know, life happens. Things could be. But uh, so next week, if it was still at 30%, I started examining what am I doing. If it got to 40%, I knew that's not normal. There's something I'm doing. Something's not working here. I need to get some help here. So expect 20% of them not to show. Now, this is different on doing the, uh, the virtual sales. I'm talking about in-home presentations. So I would sit on eight appointments, and out of those eight on any given week, I would write four to eight applications. You know, sometimes I'd write a couple child's apps or whatever, but I would write four to eight applications. That was normal. On average, I would write 16 to 20 applications a month. Guys, that number just didn't change. And why did that number not change? Because my time on the phone, that mundane time, that was important. That's what we had to do to get the result we wanted. So that's what it takes to be successful here. So let's start with the end in mind. If you want 16 to 20 applications and you're working A leads, you know, you need 10 appointments a week minimum. Um, at first, when you first start doing this, it's going to take four to five hours. That's what it took me when I first started. I was working four to five hours to set my appointments. Eventually, I got down to two to two and a half hours a week, and that was consistent for the whole 20 years I was doing it. That never changed the numbers at the end of the month. If I would put in that two to two and a half hours of mundane time on the phone, I was going to write 16 to 20 applications. Just that's what it was. Now, the volume did change from month to month a little bit. The number of apps really didn't because I was seeing the same number of people. But why did the volume change? Well, a couple of things started to happen. One of the things that happened was the volume, I started making some bigger sales because I wasn't afraid to ask for it. I started salting in there a two or $300 a month payment instead of an $85 or an $80 payment. So that would change. But all in all, I'd throw in there an annuity every once in a while. That pretty well was the only variable I had. Now, after a few years, referrals started added into that. 
and I'd write a couple applications there. As time went on, and this, this is one of the things we talk about a lot, is children's policies. You know, children's policies do do things. You don't make a lot of money, but they give you more applications. They give you a little more success. They give you an opportunity for a referral, and they keep the business on the books. We started adding the accident plans. So those were two things that made a difference. See, these sometimes we would have been in a situation where there was no sale. There just wasn't. The people couldn't afford it. They had already spent all the money that they felt like they needed to on mortgage protection. But because we introduced children's plans and accident plans, there are a number of times that I came out of a house where there was no sale, where I did one sale. And I'll never forget one of the ones that stands out in my mind. I went to the people that were very nice. Another agent of ours got to them first. And uh, they liked me. They liked her too. And I was able to write five children's applications in that house for a total of about 75 or $78 a month. So in essence, I extracted a nut, the equivalent of another mortgage sale out of it after there was no sale there. So these are things that can make a difference in you. See, thinking outside of the box and adding a little product knowledge to what you have, that's going to be that's just going to happen by osmosis. But what do the clients need that they're not aware of? Well, that accident plan is one of those things, and especially because so many of our clients now are over 50. Do you realize how many seniors fall between 75 and 80, and it results in a death? I mean, there's a I mean, ask Johnny Brooks sometimes when, when you're with him in person. He will tell you a lot of the runs they do with the fire department, that's the crowd they're running on because of falls and so on. So that's a real need people have. And guys, they can get 100000 out for a dollar a day. So there's another sale that makes a difference for you. Um, another thing that has come out of it is the equity protection concept. See, when we first started doing this, we never thought about equity protection, you know. Um, it was several years before that became a part of it. Part of it was because when we first started, the majority of our clients were 25 to 55 years old. We would get a few 55 to 65, but not many. And we had some, and we had very few over 65 in the first few years when we started doing this. Uh, that crowd was not moving. Uh, they weren't refinancing a lot because the interest rates hadn't changed a lot. But the market shifted. Well, as the market shifted, so did we. So we now start doing the equity protection. And guys, equity protection grew from early on. First off, we didn't present it that way. We didn't sell it that way, and we missed those sales. But once we finally recognized this need, that grew to between 40 and 60% on any given month of the business we write. Because our clients have aged, we recognized they had a need, we recognized there was an opportunity there, and that's changed immensely in the last 10 years. So I hope some of the things here, let's start focusing on the mundane things. Let's start focusing on eating that frog. Now, what does eating the frog mean? Eating the frog means doing that which you don't want to do that day first. Because once you've eaten the frog, it doesn't matter what else you got to do eat that day. It's not going to be as bad as that first bite of that frog. 